Yo, yo, Doc Alone. Welcome to the Documenteers Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about documentary films every week. My name is Bob Sham, and I host every week with a documentary-loving pal. I hope your Thanksgiving went well, and we are rolling into December now, and I will do my best not to complain too much about Christmas this year. I'm actually looking forward to it, kind of, because I'm doing something a little different for the holidays. I'm leaving my home state of Tennessee for Christmas for the first time in my whole damn life. I've never spent a Christmas outside of Tennessee. You might hear me and Eldridge complain in this episode as we discuss what might be a story within a story about a dying comedy magician and a seemingly confused director. Today's episode, we're discussing the amazing Jonathan documentary by Ben Berman. You can find it on Hulu and we recommend this one off the top. This one is one that I suspect will get a variety of reactions. So go see it if you're at least a little bit interested. We will wait for you. Next week, Ginger joins me for a holiday treat of a movie that we are discussing at the perfect time of year. Satanists. What are they? What is the motivations of the modern Satanists? The members of the Satanic Temple. Is Satan cool? Depends. Santa ain't the only one wearing red. Actually, there's a lot of people wearing black. And nudity. And political activism. And I ain't too against all those things. Ginger and I tackle another Hulu documentary. Or is it on Netflix? I get them fucking confused. Anyways, it's called Hell Satan. Look it up. And it's directed by Penny Lane. That's next week's episode. Merry fucking Christmas. Credit where credit is due for some snippets we play within the show. Fiona Apple's classic song, Criminal, makes an appearance in the best possible way. And uh, I think that's it. Just little Fiona. Documenteerspodcast.com for more info on how to find us. I never get tired of screener links, by the way, that make me feel special. Just know if you do have requests, send screener links. And it often takes a couple of months, at least, to process an episode to release. I got a system going over here. Special occasions can call for some last-minute editing grinds, but life is hard enough to balance on its own. Speaking of requests, remember that March is Listener Request Month, and slots are limited. Even if you told me, shoot me a request again. I sometimes have the memory retention of a kitten that just had a moth fly in front of it. We're looking for requests for five Mondays and four shorty requests as well. I picked a five Monday month so that I could get in as much of what you want as I could. But I could definitely do more listener requests at any time. We're just pretty well booked up to then. Thank us for all of our hard work by subscribing to, recommending, and rating and reviewing us in a very flattering fashion on places like Apple Podcasts. The review scene is pretty much Apple Podcasts. Please do that there. It's huge. And it's a wonderful holiday. Thank you for all this free content we shove in your face. Enough groveling. Let's see what this amazing Jonathan guy is all about. Keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Echo, who is the amazing Jonathan? John Edward Sells, born September 9, 1958 in Detroit, Michigan, better known by the stage name The Amazing Jonathan, the American stand-up comedian-slash-magician. Echo, what is the best Amazing Jonathan documentary? 
The jury's still out on that one. fucking wild i've never it was like peaks and valleys watching this movie for me it is an interesting film i'll say that it is a very i would it's a recommended film yeah i can i'd say everybody should watch it definitely watch the film but there were moments where i was like this might be one of the great greatest documentaries (laughs) at least this year and then there were moments where I was like, I am over this documentary. Yep, that's it pretty accurate. Jerked around, which I guess is appropriate and kind of what we're dealing with here. There's there's not a documentary like this. No. Be hard-pressed to find one like this. We're talking about the amazing Jonathan documentary directed by Ben Berman, and Ben plays a significant role in the film. What do you know about Amazing Jonathan? You ever heard of this guy before? And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the amazing Jonathan. Fifth, sixth grade, loved watching Comedy Central. And Jonathan, I'm, I'm sorry, the amazing Jonathan. You have to say the whole thing. It's kind of like a pimp name, Slick Back, or a tribe called Quest. Oh, right. So, the amazing Jonathan, he was always on. It felt like, at least. And I think back to my childhood watching Comedy Central. You'd always see him doing some hokey act. And I remember him best for, I drink this Windex and it prevents streaks. The bit where he's cutting into his arm. Snorting powder very quickly. Oh, God, I got to get to the hospital. I remember those bits. I think I was watching those same specials and comedy central probably put them on over and over back when comedy central actually played stand-up now it's just netflix (laughs) i haven't watched comedy central in years at this point i actually hear that they pop up some good shows but like but extended cable stations specifically like comedy central and mtv are hurting hard in terms of your traditional uh, ways of acquiring ratings i've heard great things about detroiters and shit like great show yeah so I got to get to it, but I'm not like, I'm not here to schedule my life on that shit. No, that's why you got to get the on demand. And if you want to do that, you got to pay for cable. And let's face it, cable's a ripoff. I did reactivate my sling very recently. Oh, shit. Because you can watch hockey and it literally has all the wrestling on it. So, (laughs) so that's, I was like, damn, 30 bucks for all the wrestling. So I got Comedy Central, actually. Yeah. Maybe I'll look up Detroiters, see if they got any episodes. Hey, you knock yourself out, buddy. Watch those commercials. Yeah. (laughs) No, but Comedy Central, that's the extent of my knowledge about The Amazing Jonathan. Honestly, I always thought he seemed like a fucking crazy dude. Yeah, I think that's probably what he's trying to convey. Sure. And um, I'm a, you know, I've always enjoyed comedy quite a bit, and I definitely recognize him. But up until hearing about this movie coming out, because this movie's gotten a lot of buzz, Mm -hmm. that I hadn't thought much about him at all. And why would you? (laughs) This film... This film starts off with some words. Everything in this film is based on the available facts. And we see Jonathan 
talking to an Amazon Echo. I like this show business <laughs> side. Everyone's a little desperate. Even yeah. people who are famous, you get this vibe amongst the magician comedian types, you know? Mm -hmm. It's very fascinating. Jonathan's both, but comedians and magicians, they both have their own type of charisma, you know? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Like, a comedian can be a dick, but still pull you in. And a magician has to have this particular showmanship or feels the need to anyway. It's, it's interesting. It's the art of misdirection that they're selling you. Do you think magic is for dorks, or do you think magic is cool? It is impossible for magic to be cool. I'm so sorry, everyone out there. I just, you're not cool. I don't care how many, like, sleight of hand. No, no, no. I take it back. Magic, illusions, you're not cool. It's just, it's just the way it is. But if you can do card magic, that's actually kind of cool, in my opinion. Just well, one man's opinion, you know? Well, yeah, it seems like card magic's kind of an entry level for a lot of magicians. I don't know. It's like anybody playing cards, if you can play a mean game of spades or something like that, if you're a good poker player, it's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting, but I think on. I like magic just fine. I think I take magicians on a case-by-case -case basis. Not so much the David Copperfield or Chris Angels of the world, you know. They're all lame. Just... But I take an amazing Jonathan. Chris Angel shows up in this. I guess he and Jonathan are friends. Oh God, of course they are. A controversial opinion. David Blaine's a common target of hate. I've never hated the guy. Let's see what's Kinda so wrong with David Blaine. He just does his little creepy tricks. He's got some ego. I mean, the dude's out there, he brought the sexy into magic, right? Yeah, he, he brought the sexy back into magic. Yeah. Gross. David Copperfield had it for a while. He hooked up with Fiona Apple for a while. Fiona Apple. Oh, you, yeah. You remember Fiona yeah. Apple. She, she did a bad, bad thing or something like that. Did she sing that song? Yeah, wasn't she the one? Yeah. I did a bad, bad thing. No, I'm no. Of like a Chris Isaac thing. No, she, she did not that song. I'm, I don't know the words right, but she, she had this music video back in the 90s where, oh. let me tell you, oh, it is I, a good no, video. It was like, I did a bad, bad girl. Yes. Indeed she was. And I've been careless with a delicate man. Whew. Good God, man. I'm there telling you, 14, no, I was 13-year-old. And it's a sad, Oh, you're going to have to take that out. Word. You're going <laughs> to you're gonna have to remove that stat. But 13-year-old, <laughs> that's how deep it was. 13-year-old me was just glued to the television. Every time it came on, I was like, oh, God. I was calling in. To get that video played. So a girl can't break a boy <laughs> just because she can. She could have broke me, I tell you. I say that with the most respect. It wasn't about like, oh, she's so... It was the charisma she had. It was that that presence. I didn't care. She was super thin. Not really my type. But at the same time, oh. Anyways, I'm so off topic. I just wanted to have that little moment to talk about Fiona Apple. The talking head element of this documentary is <laughs> is kind of unique. It kind of sets up like it's going to be a typical talking head thing. You, you see guys like Judy, comedian Judy Gold, Carrot Top. Carrot Eric, Top, yeah. Eric Andre, which... That was a shock. I didn't expect him to be in here. Weird Al Yankovic. And you see them popping on. They do, they do their thing. It seems actually very generic. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't hate any of these people. But there's an angle even to their presence because they start off as talking heads, but they are also, in a way, going to be going along this journey that we are. That's right. Which is kind of uh, kind of a sharp, a sharp angle, I think. On stage, Jonathan is telling 
his best jokes, like the one where he's got a year to live and how he's got cardiomyopathy, which is a rare heart disease in which essentially he can drop dead at any moment. And then it's three years later. He had a year to live three years later. Where, where does the comedian magician live? Las Vegas, of course. Where yeah, of the course. fuck else would he live? In a lovely grass-filled lawn with trees. I don't know how that happens in Vegas, but hey, here we are. Hey, if you live in a desert, let your grass die. Yeah, just let it die. Don't use that just water. Stop it, people. Have just you noticed your water it. tastes like shit? Your city shouldn't exist. Yeah, it shouldn't be there. Have you? Aren't you going to Vegas this year? Have you been? No, not yet. Oh, is it next year? <laughs> yeah, it's for the it's for work stuff. Other things, yeah. Yeah, other stuff. Other life. That's other boring. life. That's lame and crappy. <laughs> this me, is the only thing that lives, man. Meet his wife, Anastasia Sin. Uh, we assume they met at a burlesque show or something. Yeah, probably. She points out that Jonathan has outlived expectations, and now he's retired. We see him mowing with a Segway. Comedians, mm. they're always on. But he is destined for a heart attack we see him in a magician convention where he meets mr Le- electric mr light bulb whoever the fuck that is mm-hmm. but he's feeling the itch jonathan's been retired because he's been sick but he's feeling that itch and he reveals that he had a 12-year coke addiction and to get off coke he switched to speed speed pop quiz hot shot there's a bomb on a bus once the bus goes 50 miles an hour the bomb is armed if it drops below 50 it blows up what do you do what do you do? It's a really sexy name for a drug, isn't it? Speed. Give me what I need. Yeah. Come on, speed, baby. And Ben asks, he says he's still into it sometimes, right? Yeah. How do you take that? What, how does that? Let me show you. <laughs> Would you like to see? Well, uh, not if you weren't nor going to do it now. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Huh? I'll do it right now. I want to anyway. It's about that time. Just take the head off this, boom. And he pulls out a pipe and he smokes. I kind of always thought maybe speed was any general upper powder. Yeah. I'm not like, specifically speed, I'm not actually that up on. I've I've seen cocaine and shit like that. Mm -hmm. But then he pulls out a pipe and smokes it. I've been in a room where people were snorting what they said was speed, but they were snorting it. But he smoked it. And that's because it's actually meth. (laughs) Yep. Good old speed meth. Good old speed meth. Here's the thing. Most meth heads have a problem about um, what we like to call imagery or or marketing. So if you call it meth, God, everyone's going to be like, look at that meth head. But if it's like, I'm on speed, and then people are thinking, ooh, look at this guy. He's on speed, man. I wonder if he got some speed for me, man. (laughs) It's going to be great. Get get some of that speed. It'll speed me up. I wonder if people have gone to his place really wanting some speed. They don't do meth. And then Jonathan pulls out meth, and they're like, oh. Gonna have to pass. Got any crocodile, though? I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) Bath salts, maybe? Yeah, some bath salts. I want to eat somebody's face tonight. But Jonathan don't eat no faces. No, he doesn't eat any faces. But when he smokes the meth, he does do it on camera, but he seems open to it for a second, and then there's a black box around it. He doesn't want it shown. I don't think we should use footage of me actually doing the drugs. Everyone's telling me, don't actually show me doing it. You can admit that you do it, but if they see it, it's a whole different ballgame. What if we put a black box over that or something? It can be just as powerful without the visual. I'm going to get into this later as well. It's like, why don't you just take that extra walk? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. We need. There seems to be a little fear 
uh, is as innovative and interesting as story as Ben tells. There's a little the fear of it doesn't make any sense, you know what no. I'm saying? We'll get into that later. The wife is not too into the meth smoking, as you can imagine. Yeah, apparently she knew about it from from jump. God. Although she thought it was just speed too. She fell into the same trap I did. Yeah. Oh, it's just a little speed. And she even talks about that too. If I'd known you've been smoking meth, I would have never been here. Her friend says that Jonathan associates his success with the drugs. I think that's a common thing with creatives. Because he exploded. He was on drugs all the time when he exploded. That's how he had that energetic stage presence. Yeah. Also, remember you were young. You know? Mm-hmm. Remember when you were young. But Jonathan unretires. And then we go two months later. He's setting up his act. Setting up his stooge. Like the part in his workshop where he's drilling into a doll head. Yeah, banging on it. And he puts on a toupee with a bandana to look like he did in 1998. It made me wonder if he always had that toupee. Like, was that always Um, his thing? Maybe. Maybe. I'd Probably not. Who knows? And he's going to play at the Who K Lao. And you know that place is a big deal because they got a signed Rob Schneider uh, portrait. Yeah, dude. That's, That's as big as it gets. Steve and Sandy, making copies. The Steve man and the Sandster, making copies. My favorite bit of Rob's is when he, like, questions vaccines. Most doctors tell you that vaccines don't cause autism, let's say. They'll tell you that, but then again, there's Hannah Poling, was this one girl that was ruled in, in this uh, special magistrate court that she did get it from that. <laughs> I don't think I know this bit. Oh, he's, it's so good. You're anti-vaccine? Not anti. I'm, I'm for freedom of choice. Uh, he, it's kind of a clumsy show. He drops the mm-hmm. mic right off, but he plays it off. He's, I mean, the man is genuinely ill here. Yeah. Right? It's borderline hacky. And, um, but it doesn't seem like it shows the past and the present. And he's doing the same bit he's done for a very long it's time. It's the exact same bit. I drink it all the time. I want to take my clothes off and run around. That prevents me from streaking. <laughs> This prevents streaking. This prevents streaking. <laughs> Which, I mean, come on. Six months into the filming, Jonathan informs Ben that he has hired another documentary crew to film a documentary. Hey. Hey. So you're having two crews, huh? Huh? This documentary crew, they're blurred out all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can kind of maybe do some online research to kind of figure out maybe who they are. I checked in on them and they've got amazing credentials. So they've won two Academy Awards. Films like Man on a Wire. Oh, yeah. And Searching for Sugar Man. Two documentaries that people have talked about a lot and we haven't discussed. These are huge documentaries. They are very... Man on a Wire was very big. Like Oscar, we're talking all the big award contention for these documentaries. So shit's got this weird layer to it. And it's made clear that the person in charge of this new production crew is very turned off by Ben's presence and his little production crew. He's kind of a tool. Uh, I don't want to... Which one, the uh, Ben or the other? I take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> but Jonathan's like, look, they're a huge company. They made they made these great movies, and I want this one, the one you're making, Ben, to be released second after theirs. The other crew is not really into the first crew. We walk by where this guy is sitting in a chair, and he's obviously wearing a fake beard. 
What? How did I miss that? It's just one of many random shit. You can probably like find weird shit in this movie. Yeah, probably. Different. But the show begins, and Jonathan, you hear him on audio before he comes out to the stage saying, "I feel dizzy." Yeah, I do need water. Actually, get you some water? sure. I'm dizzy. I'm walking in a second. I'm dizzy. I'm dizzy. He's got a delayed walk on, but he does the show. Anastasia is like, I have no control over what he does. And now it it becomes the awkwardness of the new crew. Suddenly the attention focuses a bit. It goes into Ben. We, we've got a director that is high, heavily featured into their own movie. I'm not hating on it. I kind of, at this point, truly understand like, yeah, we kind of need to mm-hmm. deal with you dealing with this. But he talks to his friend, John Mooger. You need to uh, keep shooting your documentary and see what happens with the other crew. And just metal. Just get in there and be meddlesome. Yeah. And he comes up a lot. And at first it seemed like, this guy's too on. He seems like a weirdo. He's too on for this. Yeah. And there are moments at this point where it starts to be like Ben maybe seems a little too on. Like he's in a, a Parks and Rec scene, like looking yeah. sidely at the camera or something. Yeah, totally. I think the ideas here are good, but that that's kind of like was like jerking me a little bit. And not in a good way. Not jerking in a good way. Well, it's because I felt like his friend saw that he was on camera and he was doing this whole, well, I got to seem like I'm a character now. But really, he could have just been himself. I mean, honestly, most of these people are weirdos anyway, so they can just be themselves and it's totally fine. Honestly, now that I've watched the whole movie and can analyze as a whole John Mooger's contribution and voice in the film, I can honestly say it's not really that fucking necessary. No. It looks like clever schlock. He just wants to get his buddy on the film. Cleverness schlock, yes. We're all headed to the cemetery. Death, death. Jonathan goes to the comedy couch on WAAF 97.7107.3. The Leon and Wally show. Like a hurricane. Good morning, this is Lauren Wally with our special guest. The amazing Jonathan. How you doing? Good, Lauren. And can we all just admit that this is the point in time where things just start to feel just really irritating? Is that just me? Is it just me on this? Well, he is on what looks like a cornball radio show. So, yeah, that's definitely irritating. I feel irritated and also angry at Jonathan. But please, please go on. Can continue this this tale of shit. John, <laughs> Jonathan is busting Ben's balls over the second crew. He's bringing up the fact that this is an award-winning crew. This is uh, Ben, and then we have the other really important camera crew have done the man on a wire have you seen that documentary yes no, the guy who, who crossed the wire between yeah. the world trade centers right the oh. french guy yeah, so, yeah amazing they won two academy awards two ben ben is now explaining we talked about the talking heads eric andre weird al yeah. judy gold now ben is explaining to him to them that jonathan has hired a second documentary crew this guy that they've known for years has hired the second documentary crew to film them while he's also filming a documentary. You know, you just never know with him. Is this a joke or is this real? God, I'm so fascinated by this. And and they don't want to be filmed. And the guy's smoking crystal meth. It's like... But did, did the other documentary, is it one on the Oscar or something? <laughs> and they're like, what? Really? Yeah. They're like suddenly a part of the ride. They're almost... The talking heads become us, essentially, except the only difference is they didn't ask us what we thought of anything in this movie. Yeah. 
And then, of course, he's watching uh, award ceremonies for Man on a Wire and searching for Sugar Man. They go to the Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. I have an aunt that spends a lot of time there. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to you, auntie. (laughs) Hit them slots, baby. (laughs) Jonathan is mething in the hotel. Not methoding, like method Mm -hmm. acting. He's mething. He asks for a lighter, but uh, Anastasia hands him a whole kit. I got to go to the bathroom real quick. The job is much harder, he admits. Mm-hmm. Obviously. I mean, can we just touch on, like, if you have a bad breakup and then you get on social media and start looking at the new dude and he's all like, oh, well, she always said that I should have probably cleaned up a little bit more. And this dude's got, like, a clean shave. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I wish she always said I could have been more successful. And this dude is posting up in front of his law firm, like, just made partner. And just like, dude, stop watching, stop watching the award show. It just, <laughs> ah, it just hurt me so mad. Ben becomes like a schmuck heel in his own movie in a way. Yeah, he does. It kind of works a little bit. It doesn't totally fail. It's just like small moments that I'm like, okay, guy, yeah. settle, calm down a little bit. You're not like Charlie Brown here. I no. mean, we saw your parents' house. They have a really nice house. Yeah, it's house very in lovely in Rhode Island. You're literally... Rhode Island is an expensive ass state. Yeah, it is. You live right on their parents. You, your parents live right on the water. Chill, bro. You had your own video camera as a kid. <laughs> yeah, and good on you. Yeah. Hey, nope, nope, no problems here. I love films and movies. A lot of directors seem to have inherited wealth and entitlement. Yeah. And doesn't mean they can't make great art, but uh, but you know. Yeah. context. We're, you're not suffering that bad. You're onto something interesting. So, mm-hmm. and he talks to his parents and. Tells them about the situation. And his dad's like, what's the story here? Yeah. It's a good question. What is the fucking story here, Eldridge? I wish I knew. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm watching this <laughs> thing and I'm thinking, cool. So Amazing John is going to die. And pretty much everything up until the point we find out there's another documentary crew. I'm just thinking, cool. So this guy's going to die and he used to be famous. What about when he went to the Ventura Harbor Comedy Club and Chad Taylor was there? who was a documentary guy before Ben came along. And so then we get documentary crew number three, well, or, or documentary, I would hardly call him being a crew, but documentary number three. You know, there's another uh, documentary guy. Chad's the original, original one for years ago. He's been working on this for years. Original, original one from years ago. Chad... He's almost like what an incel would call a Chad, too. <laughs> that's so perfect. Hey, uh, you got 4K or 1080? Or it's like, yeah. oh, 4K? That's nice. awesome. Yeah, that's cool, dude. <laughs> He's just very engaged. Chad's a very yeah. engaged guy. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but he definitely seems on yeah. as hell. He's got a performer vibe, and we find out later that he's... No, my main job is is, uh, juggling chainsaws. And Ben discovers an interview online revealing why he got pushed back what else is coming up next what are the new goals you are looking to achieve the answer is this guy ben berman has been doing a documentary for a year on me and then this other company came along and said quote hey we want to do a documentary about you we won two academy awards so now they're competing with each other they made me sign a thing that said ben has to wait two years i feel bad that the other company kind of cut in but like i said they won two academy awards so he had to be pushed aside for two years so he's kind of gotten a little um, ghosted. Yeah, basically. He can't even get in contact with this dude suddenly. 
Ben goes to see Chad and apologizes because he mm-hmm. sees that he did to Chad what is being done to him. Well, he didn't realize it. And that's when we discover what uh, Chad, or should I say, Mad Chad. Mad <laughs> Chad. This Mad Chad. <laughs> hey. That's my main gig. Sporting events around the country, as well as television shows around the world. All right, Mad Chad in the 101. Uh, I don't know. What is the interstate? Yeah, sure. Close enough. Ben's watching uh, Mark Marin on the TV. Have you seen that documentary with it? Stop right there. There's too many documentaries. Let's like, slow down on the documentaries. We're all loaded up. We got enough for now. And he pulls out a letter from his mom's funeral. And then we see a montage of Ben home movies, mom clips. She had cancer. There was a part where he's talking to his dad in a home movie and his dad, while music is very loud in the room, talking about how their mother had just passed away and the, his brothers in the background acting like an idiot. Yeah. It's, I actually kind of like that a little bit. Now he's with Jonathan again. Jonathan pulls out that meth pipe and he's like, all right, Ben, shut the cameras off. Don't even think. Hmm? Don't even think. Why? What are you doing? But <laughs> the other doc team, uh, Ben would find out was at the was at the Walk of Fame because Amazing Jonathan. I got a was it Chris Angel? No, I think it was Chris Angel's star that got that. And a bunch of people, all kinds of random people. Amazing Jonathan, Flav of Flav, Gary Oldman. <laughs> what in the hell was Commissioner Gordon doing at this thing? Is what I was wondering. Like that, seriously, he, he seems so weirdly out of place there. Ben's like, you know, I would have loved to have been. Oh, at the Walk of Fame ceremony. Don't do that, Ben. Oh man, that was uh, so sad. Ideally, can you can you in the future please keep me? Yeah, it's when you me. Come to LA, it's me. You should bring me to the uh, Walk of Fame, and then casually, Jonathan mentions. Should have told one of your three documentary teams. Four. Don't forget Nikki. And who's Nikki? And then we have documentary number four. <laughs> Nikki started filming in two, 2014 and was pushed aside. I assume it was then that Chad was brought in. It's like Mad Chad. It's like Amazing Jonathan was out there trying to level up his film crews. He started off at like level two. He had the crap gear. Then, oh, he leveled up level 10. So he's like thinking, oh, I got to get a new camera crew now. Got to get a new documentary crew. It's like he kept stepping on people till he got the best crew he could without telling anyone that he's doing that. Jonathan, the point of Nikki's footage is where Jonathan is starting to head into retirement. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, that was interesting. But we start getting layers of this footage. And as Ben watches this he realizes that everyone's just made the same scene jonathan's just telling the same stories over and over and over again it's just like his damn liam act the weird <laughs> hey. the weird the weirdest thing about this is that everything is the same in terms of interviews and yeah. what is being said i mean what else is amazing jonathan going to say other than the shit he would say at any point that you yeah. would ask these questions. He's a base person without very much to contribute to any sort of legitimate conversation is what I was starting to gather. <laughs> His troubles are uh, bigger creatively in that it's just the same thing over and over again. So how is it going to be different based on the footage he's seen than everything else? But he remembers that he doesn't want meth shown, right? right? He's been blacking out meth. 
in Ben's mind, it seems like the meth. Yeah. The meth, meth is the angle. No one's got the meth angle. And guess what? He asked me to do meth with him. Yeah. Months earlier, they're talking about it. And Jonathan um, says, look, if you take a hit on camera, so I'll know that you are a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Then we'll see. And then you'll want to block it out. And then that's when Ben, like a pussy, <laughs> punk ass, con- consults dude. legal. How are you going to get on the damn phone with legal? Are you? It's like, come on, bro. If you're trying to do this gonzo journalism nonsense, you're not going to get on the phone with your damn lawyer. Or just, just do it. Just do it, bro. You don't have to tell people. What you can, There's an easy out for that. Someone could say, sir, you're smoking on camera. No, I wasn't. If I was in his position, that ultimatum was made to me. As Eric Andre said, because <laughs> this is also this new development of him... Yeah. Being like you smoke, you take a hit with me to the talking heads now, and Eric Andre's like, you have to. It'll be so impactful. I've never smoked meth, but I would. If I was in your shoes, I would smoke meth. I'd do it. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I'm making this movie. I'm in the shit. Right. Let's. I will film myself to further this along to get what I need. Take one hit of meth. Come on, man. You can't let Viceland own the Hunter S. Thompson journalism. <laughs> Come on, bro. Don't let that dude, Chet, whatever that dude's name is, don't let him own it. Come yeah. on. Yeah, they're out there fucking on camera with yeah. the big blur thing. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, we're doing it, Viceland. So Ben goes to Jonathan. He reminds them of this conversation. Jonathan's like, I can't undo the promise. And so Ben, we see Ben taking the pipe up and then black box. And it's just, it is the most disappointing part of the movie for me. It really is. He gets all of that. We get all this lead up. And then right as the pipe touches his lips, black box. And I just about flung my phone across the room and said, fuck this guy. He's punking out on me. I can't do this anymore. You're going, you're going in this angle like this. And this is a creative flick in, in so many ways. But you're not going to, you're just worried about this one more baby step. It was just like, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend it. Of course they're not going to recommend it. Who's going to recommend doing meth? Come on. But he fucking smoked it on camera and you smoked it on camera. But not really because I didn't see the pipe touching his lips and that's a problem for me. So you think he didn't really? Maybe it was just a, you think the whole thing may have been a fucking sham? I don't know what to believe about this movie. And quite frankly, Pixar didn't happen. Uh, Ben, like a moron, tells his family... God, you don't tell your... Wait until the premieres, Yeah, don't stupid. tell your parents about the shit right after it happens. You gotta give it some time, man. And Grandma guilts Ben with a what-would-your-mom-think line. Ooh, yeah, that's a that's a hard-ass guilt only, trip. Gosh, you know, it's barely right when a grandma does it, but only a grandma. Only can a grandmother that can lay that much of a guilt trip on you and get away with it. A producer with Ben reaches out to a guy named Simon Chin. Simon Chin is the Academy Award-winning producer of films like... Oh, maybe you've heard of him, Man on the Wire, or uh, Searching for Sugar Man. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of those. And they verified with the producer, they're like, we are not doing an Amazing Jonathan documentary. Not happening. Who are those other fools? On the on the shuttle, when he met, met them, faces blurred. I don't want to be in your movie. Hmm, suddenly things are starting to add up a little bit. How come you want to see your face out there, huh? What's going on? What the hell is happening here? This Russian doll of a documentary. Oh, Jesus. It's just like you open one, and then there's another, and then there's another, and then there's another. Two months later, we jump probably like two years worth. Yeah, there's some serious Five time jumps. Worth. 
he's talking to his friend and he's positing that maybe Jonathan is fabricating this diagnosis. Maybe. I mean, it occurred to me before they started talking about it. I thought about it. Is this kind of like all a put on? Is this just a weird thing? Well, they kind of have this whole thing that happens where there's that part in the beginning where they ask him, are you joking? And he says, no, I'm serious. And then his wife is talking about that one comedian who died on stage. Remember that? So they, they, they thread these currents they they thread these ideas in where you're constantly wondering is this real like what is going to happen if he dies is it a joke is he just putting this on which comedian died on stage uh he was he was a magician sorry he, okay. he had the whole turban on i should have wrote down his name this is why you david uh, blaine yeah david blaine died on stage fuck yeah dude he's dead I, i'm surprised they didn't die in that block of ice yeah he probably did i think there's david blaine clone now so that explains it yeah, he, he magicked up a clone. Yeah, well, that's science. We get a party at Jonathan's house, and uh, Jonathan's friend Bruce pulls Ben aside, and Bruce reveals that many people think that Jonathan might be faking the illness. Mm-hmm. I, immediately, I'm like, "This is a setup." Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I didn't see. I didn't think that. I just thought this guy wants to get some fame for himself too. But Bruce says, "Like, look, you know the deal now with these other directors coming in and what happens. So you need to finish what you need to finish before it suddenly stops." And sure yeah. enough, Jonathan is not returning calls. He is in incognito mode, browsing them them sites. You know the, what I'm saying? The porn. <laughs> yeah, he's in incognito. You can't find him, but yeah, that's the perfect. You can never find anything on incognito mode, no, right? No, it's just dead space. It's like you never existed. Yeah, it's yeah. it's better than a, a <laughs> VPN. Yeah, so you see what you do is you get your VPN, you get your incognito mode, and then you get on that dark web. Ooh, Hell yeah. You start getting in them shipments from Afghanistan. I, I don't do this. I don't know. I don't even... The government is watching. Good God. This is... I don't do heroin. But if you wanted to, you get on the dark web, get yourself a VPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Silk Road, uh, baby. Or meth. Yeah, or meth. An amazing Jonathan documentary is opening up in Vancouver. Ben goes to the theater that's barely, very scarcely seated. And that also led me to think mm. everything was set up. So that just lets you know, again, just like, just continuing this theme of like the other documentary crew being boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Mm. It's like showing up at the new guy's house yeah. in the rain with the hoodie on. Screaming and yelling. This is what he's doing right now. But in the documentary, like cheapest sort of documentary maker way. A man asked a question. His name is Keith Dallas. First off, uh, congratulations on the film. Thank you. It was really entertaining. Um, I just wanted to know the filming process that you used for this film. Was it similar to the filming process you used for uh, Searching for Sugar Man and Man on Wire? Heard of that film. It's a good film. Well, that's... that's uh... Um, um, uh, <laughs> they're, they're not associated with those we films. We are, no, you know, those are Oscar nominated films, and we're, you know, I've never directed anything. Uh, so yeah, I think it was just kind of a run and gun kind of operation. So, <laughs> I was like, what? How is this possible? Did no one vet these guys? Now, Keith Dallas is, was a setup question, but he was set up by Ben. Yeah, shit starts. This Russian doll is huge. So many dolls inside this doll. We see a scene where Ben and Keith are setting it up beforehand, and Keith 
and volleys Keith to ask the question. Afterwards, they try to talk to the guys, but there's no further movement on anyone admitting to working yeah. a man on a wire or yeah. something for Sugar Man. But Keith is into this weirdness, and they're in yeah. the car talking about it. I actually kind of <laughs> like that scene a lot. <laughs> Me too. But it's time. Ben deserves the truth. Deserves the damn truth, Bobby. There's like a, 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 a melodramatic piano song at this point. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've heard that song before, actually. I've... I swear it's probably been in five documentaries. Oh yeah, it's so it's heavily used. It's, I've seen it a lot. It's stock footage fodder that one. It's to the point where I hear that and I can only hear that mm-hmm. now. Whereas maybe for the casual viewer, it just it passes you by. What if it's Aphex Twin? No, it's not Aphex Twin. Hmm. <laughs> one of those deep cut mixes. Yeah, he's got Aphex Twin. Does have some just straight up piano stuff. A couple. Of them. So they sit together. Somehow he manages to contact Jonathan. He goes from being ghosted to suddenly he's in his room with some light rigs and shit. Yeah. Looking quite beardly. And Ben, kind of roundaboutly, asks him if his illness is real. And Jonathan asks an interesting question. You're just waiting. You're just waiting. You're biding your time till I die. And then you get that ending you want. That's not true. Are you disappointed that I'm not dying in your time frame? Ooh, yeah, he didn't have a quick answer for that one, did he? And Ben is fumbling and stumbling like uh, like a boy learning a lesson. Yeah, he is. And it is kind of like rewarding to watch it to an extent. What do you think a person out in the world would, a- after all Here's these... Here's what I think. I don't give a fuck what they think. If, they, if, they're, if they're weary or if they're leery that, that I'm still living for some reason, I don't give a fuck. I'm still living. Wouldn't you rather have that than anything else? But admittedly, we don't have to deal with the heat he's getting, even though I was kind of thinking the same thing Ben maybe was thinking. Yeah, I was. You're saying that I'm faking my own death. So not only are you accusing me of that, but you're saying I'm doing it for uh, for methods of, of, of just being a prank. I'm, ha ha, I got you. How how far have you gone for a prank before? Would Are you the Are you, are you serious? But Ben gets to eat the shit. Yeah. He's the Jesus for all of us. <laughs> ben, I don't know. ben, you're wasting my time because I don't want to think about it anymore. Because when someone tells you you got that long to live, every second of every day, you're you're, you're back on it. Make me makes me miserable. I'm in the hospital all the time, and doctors can verify everything is real, you know. So you're accusing me of this as this wouldn't be a prank. It would be to, for some other motive, like like. What, getting publicity from it? He's the new Jesus, I think. Yeah, he is. He does have a beard. Losing all my, my work on the road from it? Losing my job so I can't make it so nobody will hire me anymore? That's the prank? Ha ha, that's a prank on me. I don't get any work anymore. That's funny, huh? It's real funny that I'm in the hospital all the fucking time. What a prank. I think I lost and, all this work for nothing. And I, and I live past that, and this is like an issue? Like you think it's a lie? Fucking idiot. He cucked him. Yeah. Jonathan cucked him. Yeah. His flaccid penis is in a tiny cage. Yep. Just cucked. Hard cucked. hard cucked. And we are reclaiming that in twenty nineteen. The liberals are reclaiming cucked. It's our word now. It's it. Yo, yeah. I've yeah. been saying I've been trying to inject it a lot more in yeah. the episodes Yeah, me lately. too. Yeah. Anastasia does come down and she does interview, but she has a very sincere and emotional response to all the shit that Jonathan's been going through lately. And in turn that she's going through. Every fucking morning I wake up worrying that he's going to not be alive anymore. That's every single fucking morning. And then 
I'm going to have the guilt of, should I have called an ambulance sooner? Shouts down the stage because let's face it, Amazing Jonathan, royal tool. <laughs> He's not good to Anastasia. He's been lying to her for, he starts off their relationship on a lie and it's just been downhill. Sure, she's been living the lap of luxury, but still, I would not want to live with Amazing Jonathan for a day. It she, would be terrible. She just loves that arm carving bit. Yeah, she does. <laughs> just gets her right revved up, man. Ben watches footage with his parents. I guess... He just, I think his dad just wanted a SAG card or something. Yeah. But Ben has a decent idea. He goes and talks. He interviews Simon Chin. Goes all the way to London to do it, which is, hey, good on him. Yeah. Nashville has direct flights to Heathrow now. Yeah, that's right. Plugs to BNA. And um, he talks to Simon Chin. It just seems like an interview to verify whether or not he's ever worked with the amazing Jonathan or not. Yeah. And then Ben asks him a question. He goes, you know, Jonathan tells me that you're producing a documentary on him. That ends up being not the truth. So if you were to come and produce this movie, he would have an Academy Award winning producer producing a documentary on him. Yeah. So will you produce my movie? And then we get that cut. Uh, it's the cut. The dramatic cut where you don't even get the answer. To Detroit, where Amazing Jonathan's originally from. And his mom is there. It's her birthday at the Assistant Living Center. Jonathan is on a rascal. He's not doing a lot of walking lately. No. Which is sad. Is he faking that rascal? But mm. mm. his legs work just fine. You're going to get a, a fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. You're not careful. <laughs> It'll be the first time. Fucking idiot. And Ben uh, talks to Jonathan um, in the lobby couch or wherever. That's where I sit with my grandma in the Assistant Living Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he apologizes up the top and then he explains to jonathan he's like but but look um i don't know what was up with that company i know you said all this but i got the guy who produced man on wire and searching for sugar man to produce our movie here i've heard those movies are good movies and then <laughs> award-winning director award-winning award yeah. producer right and then jonathan's like no shit okay yeah. oh. and then he goes around to the party, and he proceeds to tell everyone how he's got this the person who's helping to make this film is the guy who helped make uh, Man on the Wire. Oh, that shit pissed me off so bad. So, what, that he gets to go around and claim it yes. and it's true now? Yes, I hated it. He was like talking shit to Ben this whole movie, talking about, well, I mean, yours should go second because these guys won a war. He didn't have shit, and then Ben <laughs> says, you know what? Fine. I actually got the guy, right? Okay. Fine, you have to be my friend now because he understands how Hollywood works. I have something you want now. And so then, of course, Mason Jonathan suddenly has more time for him. And yes, surely they're much more together with a nice outro montage of mm -hmm. them walking on a sidewalk. With a wheelchair without foot rest. For yeah, that reason. bothered me. Get, yeah. some foot, get some foot pedals. Man has a congenital or some sort of heart disease. Help this man out. But we also go out on a message from Simon Chen. He calls Ben. You should. You should know something. Um, I actually spoke to my business partner in LA, and it turns out that actually he he met the other competing crew some time ago, completely unbeknownst to me, and he actually lent them some of our camera gear. The idea that I was attached to the project as the producer, still not true, but for one brief moment, I 
yes, I was involved in the other film. And these people apparently told Jonathan that they're like, that they made Man on a Wire and Searching for Sugar Man. But it's the entertainment industry, so everyone is like multiplying their credentials here. Oh, of course. Jonathan wasn't lying. He genuinely thought he was just kind of baited into it. The only weird fucking thing, according to this movie, that Jonathan did for all the things that we suspected about him, the only weird shit was just him wanting to get multiple directors to make a movie. Yeah, just trying out multiple directors. So he found the one that had the biggest name, like a royal tool. I kind of thought he was going for some real abstract study of himself, that something could maybe be pulled together in the future from the perspectives of various people. I thought Jonathan was trying to formulate some kind of film art piece without really explaining to the crews involved. I thought that's what he was kind of maybe going for. And how this yeah. would all resolve. But it seemed like he just was throwing people aside. If he was going for a film house art piece, like you say he was, sure, it's a great idea. But holy shit, if he didn't have the most piss poor execution, it's clear he had no planning. He was just, and of course, this is all through Ben's eyes. So it could just be, hey, I was getting dicked around by this guy for all this time. So of course, he's not going to paint him in the best light. But all I could see was some jerkwad of a Hollywood, I'm sorry, Las Vegas dude who's out here just acting like he's God just because he was big in the early 90s. And, I mean, who cares? Who cares? And he really is sick. He's just fortunate enough to have lived more than a year. Yeah, he's just a sick dude who had a lot of money. So, you know, he's of course he's going to live longer. So we all feel bad kind of for thinking he was maybe lying about that. I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> And I feel certain ways, Bob. Bob, I just I feel it, and I don't let go. I'm like, yeah, I can see, I see all this other stuff, but fuck this dude. I hate Amazing Jonathan. I went from being he went from being a guy to me that I thought, oh yeah, he's that kind of dude. He's like carrot top. He's in that realm. To me being like, you know what? Fuck that dude and everything he stands for. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't like Amazing Jonathan anymore. I don't like it, he just seems like a tool, man. He's out here like acting like no one cares about your documentary, Jonathan. I'm more interested in uh, uh, Ben, a person I've never heard oh, of before, ooh. than this dude who's on Comedy Central. It's like, get the well, fuck out well, of ben here, Ben thinks dude. that sometimes. Okay. Wouldn't you rather see Ben's dad in his uh, lovely Rhode Island estate, his sunroom where he gets to eat breakfast with his wife honestly i'm more interested in seeing ben's every ben's dad and ben over a week than anything that they could show me about amazing jonathan's life it's like i don't oh great you do bunch of meth and then you got money and cool dude and (laughs) and ben's friend who seems like he came out of an nbc 90s sitcom yes that is infinitely more entertaining (laughs) (laughs) fuck this guy man i'm telling you he just rubbed me the wrong way. I, you know what? I wanted to hate Ben at first when I saw this documentary because I felt like he was saying, oh, don't you feel bad for me? And at first I was like, no, Ben, I don't, okay? You, you, you're fine. You're just fine. But when Amazing Jonathan kept rubbing the whole, you got an Oscar, these guys got an Oscar, these are Academy Award nominated, <laughs> and then it wasn't even true, and then Ben had the gumption to like, you know what? I'm going to London. I'm getting this guy on my film. That's when Ben got my respect. I said, you know what, Ben? Good on you. That dude shat on you this whole film, and he said, fuck this guy. I'm going to get this dude to executive produce for me, and he got it. I feel like most of my criticisms are Ben criticisms, but I think he kind of closed this out really nicely. He did. He did a good job. He did. And don't get me wrong, though. I mean, 
that's kind of me saying I'm infinitely more fascinated with Ben is kind of like I'm infinitely more comfortable with having my leg broken as opposed to my neck. <laughs> so it's just, you know how that goes. Sure. <laughs> I don't know why I'm coming with such, I don't know why I'm coming with such heat on this. I just felt it. I was watching it. Like, and I was just kind of so mad. Man, just let those feelings out. <laughs> Golly. Uh, I'm not an angry person. Ah, that's not true. I'm a very angry person usually. Eldridge. Bobby. We don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale. Not those Las Vegas magician comedian stars. We rate them in Herzog's, Werner Herzog. Someone who would hit the meth pipe, Ben. He would have hit it without even he wouldn't even call anyone. He would have said he would have said, I'll hit I'll hit this with you if you do it. Werner would have just said, Well, where's the fucking pipe? Yeah. <laughs> you you hit the pipe. Werner tells people to steal gear. Yeah. He will hit that pipe. Yeah, he will if, hit that pipe. If it'll further the movie along. He wouldn't have called anyone. His wife could have been nine months pregnant. He would have been like, I don't need to call my wife about this. Yeah. He would have just done it. Women have been having babies for millions of for years. For millions of years. People have been doing drugs for millennia. I don't know what I'm going to grade this until I just say it. Yeah, same here. You give your... You, you're going to give it one through five herd socks. I'm going to give it one through five herd socks combined. Like a perfectly executed trick by a dying comedian. For best out of 10, Herzog's Eldridge, what did you think of this film, The Amazing Jonathan Documentary by Ben Berman? Well, you know what I say. It drew some emotions out of me, clearly. You know, I didn't think there was anything interesting. Well, that's harsh. I didn't think there was a whole bunch of fancy, very artistic camera things going on. I think the most interesting thing about this documentary was the way Ben wove a story, which is actually kind of hard to do in a documentary, in my opinion. So I thought that was great. He gets high marks from me on that. He also gets high marks for me actually making... He made me care about him, oddly enough, and somehow made me not care so much about Amazing Jonathan. The person I care... I cared most about Ben, and I cared about Amazing Jonathan's wife, but if that's his wife or his... Anastasia. Yeah, Anastasia. I, I was just kind of not so... The the way that I felt about all that was kind of something. I, I always liked being moved by a documentary. So mm, I'm going to do something that has never been done on the documenteers that I know of. Okay. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to give it a 3.46. What? <laughs> Man, don't make me do that. I'm giving it a 3.46. No, you got to go quarters. <laughs> Three point. Four six. <laughs> no, no, I'll give it a three point five. Okay. Just to make your life easier. I was gonna convert it to Werner would have anyway. done a three point four six and want to know the, the carryover number. <laughs> yeah, Brian would have to make a fractional image. <laughs> no, honestly that no, all jokes aside though, really I feel like a three point five is my truest feeling about that that documentary. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to hit go over four or under three. I really wasn't sure. No, I was, like I said, just because I was angry and pissed off through a lot of the movie and really irritated, I still was interested. I didn't want to turn it off when it was over. Same. I thought, uh, the only thing was, I just didn't feel like I really learned anything. I don't know. Maybe you don't have to learn anything from a documentary. But for me, I like to learn things can, from documentaries. We can do PBS ones from here on out. Like American uh, experience. I also don't want to be bored to tears by a documentary either. Well, this one's not boring. No, it's not boring. Far from it. No, far from it. My criticisms are Ben criticisms, but you're right. He did weave a, a good tale here. 
Mm-hmm. It really did work out. And he made it work in the parts where it did matter. But there was some extraneous shit. His little, like, double takes sometimes. Uh, it's like, it was a little too on the nose. Like I said when we started, there were points where I thought I was over this. And then it pulled me back in with something very interesting. In my opinion, you hit the meth pipe. I, I really do think it's like, you're going to stop up to that point. Like, I'm not sure what he thinks that's going to convey. Jonathan said he did not want the smoking in the dock, but he gave Ben an ultimatum. And I'm sorry, it is fascinating that this famous comedian <laughs> smokes fucking meth. It is fascinating. It is. And he's got to deal with it with his wife. You were more interested in Ben. I, I agree that Amazing Jonathan's probably a giant tool, but I'm definitely, in my camp, more interested <laughs> in the uh, terminally ill comedian that smokes meth. <laughs> I definitely kind of veer more in that direction than you. But once you see one terminally ill comedian who smokes meth, you've seen them all. Well, the next one I see, I'm going to be like, sorry, been there. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the ideas that he had and the way he executed, I actually like the way the talking heads kind of became a part of the awkwardness of the narrative. I thought that was a good way to take something that was a trope in documentaries and make it different. Cause you, these famous people are suddenly going like, what the fuck's going on? Like the same time yeah. we are your friend and your dad. I look, your dad seems like a nice guy. I don't know. Stepping back. I don't know as much about the relevance of that. I think working in the angle of his mother and what he's had to deal with He kind of made, when he apologized to Jonathan, he made it about his own past issues with his mom. Is it though? Or were you just like thinking this dude was lying? It doesn't have to be conveyed to every corner of your childhood here. You want to understand the guy, but like, I mean, I don't think thinking he's faking his death was really uh, unbelievable considering you had people who knew him. And I, I still think it's possible that maybe Jonathan planted that friend to yeah. make him think that. Yeah. That's not outside the realm of possibility to me. Yeah, I mean, they even talk about you got to have your, your stooge in the audience. Maybe this was his stooge. Yeah. And the fact that I'm still thinking about this movie like that in that way, I've never seen anything like this. I think it wasn't executed flawlessly. Nope. But it was impressive nonetheless. I'm going to give this 4.25. Oh, nice rating. I go over a 4. Yeah. 0.75 more. What? Yeah, point seven five. Yeah, point seven five more than I did. Because honestly, when I think about it, there was a lot of stuff that didn't need to be there. Quite frankly, the movie, the film could have been a, a cool hour. They could have cut thirty whole minutes from that thing. I think. I think I think you're totally right. But I think what was properly executed was done so well that it's for me, it's you got to give that credit. Yeah. And I think it was executed well enough that it for me deserves the score that I gave it. That's yeah, fair enough. I see that. You ain't going to watch anything like this ever again. I won't watch this ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet you in future episodes of The Documenteers, this documentary will come up. Because yeah. deceit in documentaries is a common subject. So, yeah. And this goes in line with a few documentaries we've discussed on that subject as well. So. You know, I really thought about giving this one a 4.5. Really? I did. I couldn't. I just, I just couldn't. De- I couldn't decide if me not knowing what was going on was a deliberate act by the director, which I feel like he was Maybe. trying to do, or if it was just him getting so flustered by the process, he just started throwing shit together, which is what it started to feel like at the end, which is why I say this could have been a cool hour, because I felt like he was just start throwing shit at the wall. 
So I just couldn't decide. And at the end, I thought, you know what? No, it wasn't deliberate. He just kind of got off the rails a little bit, but he saved it, thankfully. So, you know, that's where it is. If I if we had discussed this right after I saw it, I might have given it a five because I was just so Damn. All right. shook around in that moment. I'm kind of glad I got a day to process this. This is one of those movies where it, you might you should have a little time. Yeah, to I had a couple days around. on it. I watched uh, some clips of it during my lunch break to make sure I was correct and remembering. And it was, I mean, this is how I am after a couple of days. So I think if I watch it right afterwards, you know, I may have given it a four point five. Oh, interesting. I may have because because so, I you know how I usually am. I'm thinking, oh, it made me feel something, man. So I gotta give it a high score. But I'm trying to get out of that. Thinking, you know what? Just because I felt something doesn't mean it was good, does it? I don't know. We'll see in the future. We felt for Anastasia. I felt for her the most. That's probably where most of the feelings were, even compared to the guy who could drop dead any minute. <laughs> it's true. Because he was not good to her, in my opinion. Interesting. Well, you know, no relationships are perfect. Nope. No, they aren't. And we gotta... Who am I to judge? Yeah. We gotta do what we can. Yeah. Love. You give this 3.5 Herzogs, <laughs> I give it 4.25. That is a combination of 7.75. That is not bad. Out that of is, 10 Herzogs. That's a solid score. Nothing to be ashamed of here, Ben. Yeah, Ben Berman. Ben Berman. And smoke the fucking meth. Like, yeah. seriously. I kind of thought about just giving you uh, a 3 because I was legitimately... I was really annoying. You, <laughs> Come on, dude. You're in it or you're not. And then the lead up to it, it was like such a tease. I know that's a lo- I know that's like problematic to say, but it was such a tease. It was just like, uh, oh, we're not going to get it? Okay. Mm. Pussy. Your words, not mine. <laughs> and keep smoking meth. Actually, don't. Nah, go ahead. Just just no, try no. it once. <laughs> hey, don't don't be one of those people that said you had the opportunity to smoke meth and then didn't do it. Come on, people. No, don't smoke meth. Yeah, just don't be like the type that eats babies. Yeah. Or just don't like tease everyone up like, oh, I'm going to smoke this meth. I'm going to smoke this meth and then don't do it because that's just annoying. You know, uh, as we're recording this, Halloween, it's this will come out after Halloween. But we should go as Ben, Ben Berman, about to smoke meth. And like a black cube around yeah, our hand. Like, and you got to go around to everyone at the party like, should I do it? And then you tell the story about all the do- other documentary filmmakers. It's like, and this is what's happening to me. And he said, if I smoke the math on camera, I'm going to call my legal team again. I'm going to call my legal team again. And then just don't do it. Then just leave the party. I can't tell if this scene is funny. It sounds like I get. I'm talking like I gave this a two. I know this is a good documentary, everybody. It's it not is. a. It's a good. It's a solid documentary. They were just making fun. We we're of just it. making fun because there's a lot of things to make fun of. Nice house, though, Dad. Yeah, nice house, Dad. Keep on docking. That's my main gig. Making copies, the Steve Man and the Sandster, making copies. Don't you tell me to deny it. I don't wrong and I don't want to suffer for my sins. I've come to you because I need guidance to be true. And I just don't know where I can begin. Ooh, what I need is a good deal.
you thought about the first Shut up. Leave me the fuck alone.